subscribe to this podcast to get exclusive access to the after show shooting the breeze welcome to collect explorations i'm your host tony peters today we're going to be interviewing author daisy page uh, and it's going to be one of my few audio only interviews uh, to protect her identity and the identity of people in the book uh, and she's going to talk about her her testimony um, the abuse and trauma that she's been through and uh the strength that uh, God has provided her to get through this entire journey and how it's made her a stronger person as a result. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cool Explorations. I'm your host, Tony Peters. Today, we are interviewing author Daisy Page, uh, who wrote a book, Unexpected Moments. Uh, and uh, she's going to start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself so that we can uh, get a feel for who we're listening to. Hi, um, I'm from a small town called Anna, Texas. And I've grown up here all my life. I've moved away a few times, but every time some sort of tragedy or trauma always brings me back home no more than four and a half years later. So I feel that God really wants me here with my family and friends to feel safe and secure. Um, I've got three grown children, and I could not be more proud of them. They have made me such a proud parent, especially through everything they've seen and they've witnessed, you know. Um, And I've been married for, happily married for 12 years to an amazing man that I've known since I was five years old. So we've known each other for 44 years now, quite a long time. And so he's, you know, has been there throughout my my life, and knows my life stories. Um, met him in kindergarten when I was in kindergarten. He was in second grade, I believe. And what's really funny is I divorced. Well, first of all, I asked him to the Sadie Hawkins dance in the tenth grade in high school, and he told me no. He said he didn't do those kinds of things, and I, was, I could not get away fast enough. I was so embarrassed, but. Um, then I married and had three children, and we'll get to the rest of that in a moment. But um, 2000, we divorced, and he, um, he came to my house, and I uh, he asked me out, and I said, no, no, you had your chance. You know, in high school, you blew it. So we went to the grocery store, and I knew his mom, and uh, she was in front of us in line, and she says to the cashier, well, don't they make such a cute couple? I said, Trish, we are not a couple. We are just friends. And she said, but one of these days, mom knows best. I was like, whatever. And uh, eight years later, we ended up together. And two years after that, we married. She was the happiest woman in the world. She told me he waited for me and that she told me it was meant to be. He'd never been married before, so he, he didn't have any kids. And that's what she said you know he waited for you you were his one and only and he's always loved you i've known that for a long time so i guess in real life you know in true life moms know best <laughs> yeah that sounds like my stepmom with uh my wife because uh my wife and i met when we were in grade three and uh we didn't really become friends until high school and then we just had all the same spare like spare periods and we had a lot of the same classes together, so we just ended up hanging out a lot, became really good friends, and she ended up working with my mom, my stepmom, at uh, one of the shops in town here, and uh, my stepmom absolutely loved her, and I would go, I actually worked just 
down the other end of the mall from her uh, during during high school. So I, I would go and visit on my breaks and, and talk. And my stepmom kept saying, you know, you should really ask her out. You know, you should really <laughs> ask her out. And I'm like, we're just friends. I don't want to I don't want to date until afterward. I'm done college. I want to focus on school. And then halfway through grade 12, I got to the point I, I'd already asked her to prom uh, or graduation, as, as we call it here. And uh, she uh, halfway through, I'm just like, you know, I don't want to lose this one. I don't want to miss this chance. So I ended up asking her out and we got married a couple of years later. Uh, oh. And uh, then we went and, and we moved away so we could both finish our college uh, where we off in Saskatoon, which is three hours away from where we are now. And uh, yeah, two lovely kids now and we're, we're so happily married. She's definitely been my rock. Uh, got me through a lot. So how long have y'all been married? Uh, just 15 years this this year so it was quite well but yeah, we wanted to go on a, on a big vacation but money just wasn't there for it so we're hoping with my wife's bonus maybe we'll go on a family vacation we want to take the kids somewhere beaches and everything like that so um that's the plan so I understand your story there in terms of in terms of that it, it that's it, neat yeah so yeah moms do know best they they really yeah. do uh, so why don't you tell us your testimony, um, some of the trouble you've you, you've gone through, some of the traumas, and uh, how, how God has brought you to where you are right now. Well, um, about the age of eight, I became a Christian, and I, my stepmom was the pianist at church, and so I went to church every Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday, um, sang in the children's choir participated in Bible drills and went to church camp every summer. I actually won second place in the state Bible drill in Texas. Uh, The only person that beat me was a preacher's son. (laughs) But I knew the Bible from front to back. You know, I was was a really strong Christian. I spent my spare time reading and doing Bible devotions and Bible studies that it's just I loved everything there was to know. I wanted to learn about about Christ, and that was my number one goal. And then, um, when I was about nine years old, I started being molested by an immediate family member. That went on for four and a half years, and in the beginning, my aunt caught it, and she just. It was my brother. She took us down to the living room and she prayed. She prayed about it. She told me later that she thought it was just some childhood curiosity. Um, and then when I was 14, I, I was raped and um, then drugged by another guy. Nine other girls in my school started having these blackout spells and um, it took a couple of months, but they found out that this guy was at, had asked all of nine of us out, and we turned him down, and so he drugged us. And when the police finally uh, figured it all out, he was killed in a drug raid. Mm. So um, I just tried to commit suicide at that time. I was just in a deep, dark place, and I thought, you know, God, here I am. I'm trying to be such a strong Christian. Why do I feel that you're not there? Um, why am I being punished? You know, what have I done? 
to deserve this kind of thing, you know, those questions that you ask. So I went into an inpatient mental health center and um, the therapist wanted a meeting with my brother and my father. I told them I I went, it happened before the, the drug raid and I told them that I had been raped. My brother got upset, said he was going to go and find him and, you know, kick his butt. I'm like, why are you getting so upset? You know, you did the same thing. He he admitted it right there that he did it one time. And um, that it was just from childhood curiosity. So it was just from something he had heard. You know, he said, you're just getting it mixed up with the rape. It's just all in your head. And my dad didn't believe me either because of what my brother said. So the my, my brother left the room and the therapist told my dad, she said, I really believe this is happening. This is not something she's making up. Um, but I, you know, being his son, I just don't think he could ever ad- admit it. He, he just denied that he could actually do something like that to his own sister. And after I got out of the hospital, my brother, you know, he said, we lost our mom because of you. If we would have never been born, she wouldn't be dead. And um, that's why I'm mean to you. And I'm going to continue to be mean to you for that. I was only a young child. So obviously it wasn't my fault that she died, but yet I was being punished by him for her death. And so, yeah, then I ended up pregnant and my junior summer, I had gotten my mindset, you know, pain, that's all I'm going to be living for. And if I don't give, I'm going to, it's going to be taken from me. So, um, ended up pregnant and we, we got married, had three, three total children and my husband was very abusive to me. Um, I was with him for 11 years and finally, one night I was on the computer playing Slingo. I, I forgot. I did have one boyfriend in between the rape and the junior year, and it was very good to me. And I thought in my heart, I don't deserve this, this you know, this kindness. He he um, never um, tried to pursue me or anything like that. And I thought, you know what, this is something I don't desire. I don't deserve this goodness obviously from all the abuse I've suffered. So I, I let him go. Well, one night my husband caught me playing Flingo and I had gotten an email from classmates.com and it was that old boyfriend. He was trying to reconnect with me. You know, it had been, what, 20 years we had talked. And so we were chatting and he came in the living room. He goes, who are you talking to? And I was like, well, don't get upset because, you know, I haven't talked to him in 20 years. We're just catching up. My father had been murdered by this time. And so I was just catching him up on my father's murder and that sort of thing. And um, he said, who is it? And I, I told him it was Wes. That was my ex-boyfriend. He called his girlfriend that he'd been seeing for two years behind my back and had her come get him. She said, he's on the, she's on the computer with her ex-boyfriend. Come get me. And so 
um, Wes ended up driving. He lived about six hours away. He ended up driving down, helping me and my kids get a three-bedroom apartment. And everything was great, you know, for a while there. There were many times during my marriage, I prayed to God to bring him back to me and that I should not have let him go, you know, that he was good to me and I realized that and I should not have let him go. So he came back, he helped me. And then one day I came home from work and he was And I said, God, why did Wes have to leave? You know, it really broke my heart. He said, Daisy, I sent him to you to get you out of a bad situation. If it wasn't for that, you would have stayed in that situation and you would not have gotten out. He had done his job and he had to go. So he was like an archangel to me. And after that, I thought, you know, I need a change. I'm going to join the army. And make a life for myself and my kids because I could barely make ends meet on an $8.50 pay you know, an hour. Uh, and my husband was paying child support, so I said, I'm just going to join the Army. I know they'll take care of me and my children. And unfortunately, that didn't work out either. I busted my ACL and had to come back home. Um, after physical therapy, I had someone physical therapy. We talk about Christianity and religion and everything. You know, we we got really close in, in our talks and physical therapy. He lived in upstate New York, so I thought I want to go there. I've always wanted to see that beautiful country. I've heard it was really beautiful up there, so. They arranged for me after he got out to go visit. Well, I liked it so much. And the night before I left home, come back to Texas, he said, you know, we've grown really close. And I would like for us to be a couple. And I thought, you know, this is a nice guy. It seems like God put him in my path. I'm going to give this a shot. Four and a half years, once again, everything was smooth sailing. He was laid back, laid a hand on me. Then one day, we get into an argument about our dogs over all things. And he hit me over the head with a ceramic bowl, knocks me out. I woke up long enough for my best friend to get there that I met up there. And once she got there, I, I guess I knew my kids would be okay and I lost consciousness. And woke up two days later in the hospital with her saying, good morning, sunshine. And I uh, said, how long have I been out? She's two days. And I'm like, what? Where are my kids? That's what I thought. She said, don't worry the pastor and his family. So they're in good hands. Well, I was in the hospital for almost a month because I fractured my skull. And I had cerebral fluid leaking from my brain. So every time I sit up, I would block out from the pressure on my brain. Mm. And I got out and I started to wait a while for um, a victim's advocate to get everything worked out so they could get me back to Texas. And I ended up developing 
stress disorder because I'm always constantly looking over my shoulder wondering where he is because I'm out of jail the night that he attacked me. And finally, the first, this happened in October, and it was the first part of December I got to go home. But before Thanksgiving, the church flew my two younger children back home and they were with their grandma. And my oldest daughter stayed with me and helped me to you know, take care of them and help them back. So we get ready to go whenever they said, okay, we got it. The U-Haul. They flew somebody up from Texas. And he drove me home. He was like a brother to me. He, he drove us home. My husband now, he's been in my life off and on several times. He helped me unload my U-Haul, and we ended up um, going to the movies a couple weeks later or so and started dating, and we're married 12 years now. But that's the abuse. So it's a lot of... It is a lot for you to, to take in mentally, emotionally, physically um and you decided to put that into a book what brought you uh, what brought that about that decision to to put all this into a book well about a little over a year ago i was diagnosed with a rare neurological terminal condition called msa it is so rare that only four out of every 100,000 people in the u.s are diagnosed with it um I had a dream or a vision. God told me, "You're you don't have much time left on Earth, but you got to tell your story first from the beginning." Well, I didn't know how I was going to do that. And this past October 21, I was supposed to go visit my friend in Vermont, the, the one from upstate New York. She moved to Vermont, and um, she ended up with COVID, so I didn't get to go and see her. Instead, we, my husband and I were driving by after physical therapy, which I do quite often for my condition. Um, we, we noticed on the marquee at the big church in town, Kirk Cameron was going to be um, there doing one of his campfire revivals. So he asked me, do you want to go there since you can't go to Vermont? I'm like, do I? You know, who's <laughs> my celebrity heartthrob growing up? Of course I do. So... Um, I got home and I called my stepmom, um, who actually I found out when I was nine years old was not my real mom, by the way. Um, that was another kind of life shocking thing, but she's been my mom since I was eight, the only mother I've ever known. So she is the mother and she's still my mother. Um, she went with me and she's a nurse. She didn't have time to go and changed clothes before she went with me the event so she's pushing me around in my wheelchair in a nurse's uniform you know so I look like a guy who got my little private nurse here at the event I got VIP tickets for us and so we have question and answer and photo time before the event gets started so we're sitting up at the front row and He's asking for anybody have some questions, and I raised my hand and I put it back down because I got shy. This guy about middle row, he raised his hand. 
And Kirk says, yes, sir. And he says, the lady down there on the end has a question for you. <laughs> and I'm like, talk about putting me on the spot here. So, so I said to Kirk, I said, Kirk, I first asked him, you know, do you have plans to do a Seavers reunion for growing pain? And he said, you know, I don't think passed away, but Joanna Kearns and Candace, I mean, not Candace, um, Oh, her, her name's something, but anyway, um, the girls, DJ, that would play DJ and Stephanie, we're, we're, we're planning on maybe one day doing something. And um, I said, and the other thing, Kirk, I had your posters all over my room. I was a huge fan. You were my celebrity crush, which I know you were millions of girls. But I wrote you a letter, asked you for an autographed picture, and I gave you three months. You never see one, so I ripped all your posters down off my walls, and I was done. I was so heartbroken. And he said, um, I said, why didn't you send me that picture? And he said, I'm sorry. I'll make it up to you tonight. So then it was picture time. And I was going to wait because I'm in a wheelchair for everybody to go up on stage and get their time. And I was going to see if he would come down and take his picture with me. Well, the man that raised his hand and another man came over to me and asked me if they wanted me to put my wheelchair on stage. And I was like, you don't have to do that. And they said, no, we want to. So I said, okay. And they let me go in line in front of them, too. So I was like, okay. When I got up to Kirk, I had a defeatmsa.org bracelet. And I gave that to him so he could research the condition that I have. And um, I asked him if he could help me out of my wheelchair to take a picture that I didn't want one with him in my wheelchair. So he said, can you get up? And I said, you help me and hold on to me. I can. So he did take a picture with him. And, oh, I had the biggest grin on my face. You know, I was still starstruck at 48 years old. Yeah, I bet. Um, he goes, after the event, we will talk a little more. So I said, okay. So then after the event, um, he comes up to me at my, in my little chair, and I got him to autograph my, my ticket. And he, he said, so the disease is terminal? And I said, yes. He said, can I pray for you? And I said, absolutely. He knelt down and grabbed both my hands, and he prayed for me. After that, I told him what God had told me. He said, well, how do you plan on telling your story? I said, I, I don't know. I don't know what I did do. He said, why don't you write a book? I said, okay. I've never wrote anything but a poem. One poem in my whole life. He goes, you can do it. He goes, keep me updated. Here's my email. Keep me updated. Um, so I kept him updated, you know, what chapter I was on everything. Next day, I started writing. You know, every morning I prayed to God, give me the words to write. And I devoted about three, maybe four hours a day to write. And after proofreading it and sending it to editors, I told him I was done. And he said, send me the manuscript. So I did, and he read it. He sent me back a forward. So he forwarded my book for me. Very nice forward that he wrote in there, actually. I had looked at other forwards that he had written and they're only like a couple sentences long and uh tony you've read the book so you see it's like a full page that yeah, he does yeah, he really in there did. yeah it and was, he told it, me it that was good. 
he told me that I inspired him. And I'm like, what? He's the one that inspired and motivated me to write the book. But that's how the book came about. And that's that's my Kirk Cameron part of it for me. Yeah, and you uh, you called it Unexpected Moments. Uh, how did you settle on that title? Everything in my book was unexpected. It was all unexpected moments. Every bit of it. And everyone has unexpected moments. So that's what God, I believe, wanted me to name the book. And um, the cover, my daughter painted the cover for me. And it shows um, all of, like, my hurdle to begin with, windy roads, rocky paths, broken broken bridge over here and then I make my way up here to the cross where Jesus takes all my pain away and that's I believe you know I don't have much time so I have to share my story to inspire others who are being abused to know that they're not alone God's always with you you just have to pray to him, and he may not answer our prayers like we want them to be answered, but he knows what we need. Mm-hmm. He knows what door to open and what path to lead us down. And I feel that I went through all my traumas and all my life events, my unexpected moments, to make me strong enough to face this rare disorder because it's it's horrible and within. I'd say I got diagnosed about last June. So um, about three months before that, I was already having to be in a wheelchair um, at times because I couldn't walk. I've been in physical therapy for 15 months now, and I still can't walk. But it affects your um, autonomic systems that your brain, you know, regulates, like your breathing circulatory system I have blood pressure issues if I do stand up my blood pressure drops and I, I pass out sometimes um, your urinary system your digestive system um, all those systems become affected and you hurt oh it's severe pain you have like what they call coat hanger syndrome your neck and your shoulders and your back where it's like charlie horses constantly it's awful pain so i get botox shots in my neck every three months for that um i have a hospital bed now that i have to sleep in and a hospice is actually coming out next week yeah it's it's hard to deal with that kind of stuff, especially even for your, your family to, to watch you go through that. Um, I know with, with my own health issues, my wife really struggles with with a lot of that. So I I, I understand exactly where you're where you're coming from there. Um, it makes you feel like a burden, doesn't it? It does. It does. Um, and it's uh, you have to really watch, I think, what your thoughts, because the devil really does play on those oh yeah yeah um, yeah he does he tries to tell me all the time you're 
you're not, not worth it. You know? Yeah. Take your yeah. own life, you know, things like that. But I have a Christian therapist I've been speaking to for five years, and her name is Jennifer, and she's another one of my earth angels. If it was not for her, I wouldn't be here. She has pulled me out of some dark, dark times. When I wrote my book, it was therapeutic, but yet I would have some difficult chapters, and it seems like every time, like God timed it just right, when I would have a difficult chapter, then the next day would be my time to have a session with her. So it helps me get a lot of that out. Yeah, Christian therapists are, are very important. Um, I, yes. I I have my own Christian therapist, and she definitely is has been a godsend. You know, she's she's been there and got me through some some tough times as well. So um, anybody out there who is afraid to get counseling, uh, don't be afraid. Uh, these counselors are yeah. very helpful, especially Christian counselors. Um, and they're, they know what they're doing and God speaks and works through them. Uh, yes. Yeah, she told me in the beginning, she said, I'm going to give you six sessions at no cost. And after that, you know, we'll figure out a pay. When we got to this visit, I said, you know, how much are we going to start I'm going to need to pay you. She said, nothing. She said, God told me that I need to take care of you and put you under my wings. You're, he said, you're very special and um, that I just need to be here for you. And so for five years, she hasn't charged me a penny. She's been taking care of me. And she told me, you know, God put me in your path and put you in mine. Yeah, that, that's incredible. Uh, what charity are you supporting through the sales of your books i know that that is all going to to charity to to help out yes um i'm i'm giving 10 percent of my proceeds to the charity and i have the link in the book so readers if they want to donate they can too but it's called defeat and the charity is defeatmsa.org forward slash donate hyphen to hyphen us forward slash perfect uh and where do they find your book online it's a very long link <laughs> but you can also find it on facebook um if you go to daisy page author and you follow me you'll you'll have that link on there but i'll give it to you if, as well if you want it to yeah. um, put it on the show link it's, it's at xleaders.com and bookstore 838618 so it's a very long link um, maybe that's just for them to click on it yeah i i'll probably go to your facebook page and i'll find it there and i'll just post it in the in the description for everybody so they can find it uh so god has brought you through all of this looking back now how can you see him working throughout your life and how has that made you stronger in the end well when i did pray for him like i said there was one instance after the divorce i couldn't provide christmas presents for my children and i said you know god eight dollars and fifty cents an hour my children know what Christmas is about, but I can't keep up with the bills. I'm even behind on the bills. So I can't provide Christmas for them. And I want to see the joy on their faces, you know. So I prayed every night, please let me be able to provide some sort of Christmas for them. 
one day there was a knock at the door and by the time I got to the door there wasn't anyone there but there was a bicycle and about three big trash bags just full of gifts and clothes you know toys and things and I was like that's God you know he provided he answered my questions so he showed up for me and um and then he brought Wes to me and helped me get out of that bad situation. He's right. I would not have gotten out of that because I wanted so badly to keep my family together, you know. And I know at this time with this condition that I have, my ex-husband did pass away. Um, but if we were still together, he would have left me. He he wouldn't. He'd be like, I'm not taking care of you. I'm. There's no way I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. My husband now is God's sin. You know, we've been together 12 years. He doesn't work. I'm 100% reliable on him. So he has brought him to me to help me make it through this and my strength that I have to make me through this. Yeah, and God does put people in your lives at the right moment and uh, money, uh I was telling you before the show, he's provided just at the right time and when we've struggled. So it's God, God, God has a plan. He's done that with money recently. Um, I have been, I don't know, have you heard of those MediShares insurances where you, they only, they don't really pay for your visits. They just like give you a discount on your doctor's or specialist visits, that sort of thing. Mm. And they tell me that they're major medical and they're going to cover 70% of my bills. And it ends up being a total lot. I've been got twice by one of those kind of companies. And the last one, um, they refunded me my money back. I do have um, Blue Cross Blue Shield now. So, um, and it's only $55 a month compared to $390 a month for these MediShare plans. You know, so God provided me insurance. And the refund so I can start paying, you know, some of these medical bills off because I was in such stress about how am I going to continue going to physical therapy? They're charging me $1,500 now because I'm back pay you know, from what I owe. But they're working with me. They're going to give me cash discounts because I didn't have insurance. Um, my doctors are giving me cash visit discounts and working on my bills so everybody's you know working with me and I know that God's doing that and he provided that extra money for me to be able to get caught up on these bills so yeah God's amazing he answers answers prayer and blesses us in so many ways he really does even in our darkest times here yeah um what Um, oh go ahead I was just going to say, I know you've read the poem because it's in my book, but it it really speaks to me and it speaks about my circumstances in life. And it, I think, could speak to other people if you don't mind if I read that real quick. Yeah, you go right ahead. Yeah. And it's called Eternal Love. Endless days, sleepless nights, as we go through our constant fights, do we really get what we see or is it totally up to me? Struggling through our trying times, burdened by the price of crimes. Truly, as each day ends, know that God's your only friend. As footprints in the sand did say, he really carries us all the way. Know this, for it is up to you. 
He already knows what you should do. Find your faith from heaven above, then you will have eternal love. Yeah, it's beautiful and definitely does speak exactly to what I think a lot of people are dealing with in their lives and have dealt with. And um, it's important to remember who our strength is and where it comes from. Uh, I'd like you to just leave us with one piece of advice uh, for someone who's who's stuck in a, an abusive situation uh, and they kind of feel trapped. What advice would you have for someone like that? You know, first of all, I tell them to pray for God to send them someone to help them get out of this situation. Um, maybe they have a close friend that they can talk to. There's always the domestic violence centers for wherever you live. Um, I know calling 911 can seem scary, but there's always 911. And if if it's that bad, you need to get out. You need to call 911 and get out right away and when you do they'll put you in a woman's shelter for a little while they'll help you find home housing and help you get on your feet and help you support your children help you with everything any paperwork or anything you need but the most important thing is don't feel you have to stay don't feel that you're trapped it's not worth your life you are it's worth living and you need to continue on living because life is way too short. Yeah, and prayer is a key part of that and prayer for strength um, because, yeah, it takes courage to to get out of a situation like that for sure. And uh, a lot yes, of people don't feel they have that courage and that's where prayer can really help because God will give you that courage. and He will. He'll bring bring about the right situation or person to your life to to rescue you. So I, I like that. Yes. Just, Just keep your eyes open and your ears open and watch and listen for the signs because you don't want to miss them because he will send you signals. Yeah, exactly. Um, so thank you for coming on and sharing with us. It's been a real blessing. Um, all, all the best with your with your health struggles. Uh, I know all too well how those go. So. Um, thank you for having me tony i've been looking forward to this interview for so long so thank you for having me today you're very welcome thank you for listening to cool explorations you've just been listening to author daisy page speak about uh, a lot of the trauma that she's been through in her life and the abuse and how god has given her strength to get through these situations and really helped her grow as a result uh, as well as her book unexpected moments uh, and you can reach out to me if you'd like uh, through tpeters745 at gmail.com uh, about anything whether it's this interview or any other interviews uh, and uh, we'll get back to you well i have just been uh, blessed with so many people who are requesting to be on the show and i'm impressed with how many people want to share their testimonies or what they're doing uh for the Lord right now. Uh, if I haven't got back to you, I promise I will get back to you. Uh, I look forward to, to speaking with each of you and interviewing you. And uh, keep tuning into the show. There, there's lots of, of new people that are coming on here. And if you're considering wanting to, to come on the show, uh, just shoot me an email at tpeters745 at gmail.com. And uh, I will get back to you.